You're going to love Ron Carr. Velocity is the name of his new theme. I begged him to come up here because it's just a different twist on motivation, selling, thinking. Velocity mindset kind of got my attention because I'm always thinking mindset, mindset. He's really, Ron Carr's a sales guru. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great sales tips from from you. Uh, you're a renowned speaker worldwide. Yes. And it's a, it's a pleasure to have you again. I know we've done some talks and we've done some stuff, but... I've got the kind of fanfare. If you're into selling and into really maybe adjusting your mindset, there's probably a conversation for them, right? Well, it's also for anybody who's into influencing. When I wrote my last book, I even got some letters from professors saying if they read it, they would have been a better teacher. So it's really for anybody who has to influence others. Okay. Let's talk about influence and let's talk yeah. about mindset. Uh, first of all, what's going on with this with this new website? I mean, yeah, it's rocking. what's the deal? Well, you know, like you wrote in your book that just came out, you know, about living on purpose. You know, we all at some stage in our life saying, what's our purpose? And we all reevaluate what we're really offering to the world. And when I look back at my last 30 years of experience and results with my clients, one of the things I realized was that they're actually selling more in less time. And they're actually changing the way people buy and they're getting bigger into bigger relationships. And I ask, you know, what's the reason for that? And it comes down to the conversations. Most people are having the wrong conversations. And when we teach them how to have the right conversations, all of a sudden they get the attention of the buyers, they can reduce the sales cycle, and we can give you some examples of how that works. Are you talking about in any sales environment, in you any, have the wrong conversations? Yes. Can you be asking somebody out on a date? Yes. To any selling of anything? Well, right. you know, when you go on a date, for example, okay, my famous dates are when I just ask questions about women and I don't talk about myself and they think I'm the best guy out there. And it's no different in business. Maybe taking an interest. The problem is we're so self-focused because we want to close, we want to get this, we want to get that, and we wind up talking about ourselves and things that are no interest to the people we're trying to influence. So the first thing is you got to have empathy. When we uh, help clients hire salespeople and managers, one of the one traits we look for is a high degree of empathy. If you don't have that, we don't hire you. And the reason is because then you're not taking interest in other people. So define empathy. Empathy is when you put yourself in someone else's shoes. So, um, you know, uh, many times we may get upset because someone's not returning my call. So all of a sudden you take it personally. But if you can empathize with what the situation is for the individual, the kind of environment that he's in, he's busy. It's not, it's not just about you. Maybe he's got some other things to deal with. You'll, it'll change the way you respond to that person on the next call versus saying, oh, you know, he's just not showing me respect and it's going to come out in an angry format. So if you have empathy for people, it allows you to communicate and um, connect with them better. So probably the more empathy you're able to show and communicate, probably the more people are going to appreciate you and enjoy interacting with you because you understand where I'm coming from. Right, but the empathy has to start before the conversation because if you don't put yourself into that mindset, you won't be asking the right questions and doing the right listening. So I always say before you call a client, imagine you're in his office, her office, in their chair, and dealing with all the stuff they're dealing with, then go from there. Absolutely. It's a kind of a good starting point. Yep. So when you go to your website, yep. uh, what's different now? You seem like a recharged, rejuvenated, and you're always pretty high energy anyway, but you seem like you're recharged and rejuvenated. Why and what's what's taking place? What's 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 this what's this uh, reset, this refire I see in you? It's called life. You know, um, when I finished my presidency of the National Speakers Association in 2014, I had nine <coughs> surgeries in the next two and a half years. And um, I was really down. I back? Form, my back, and some other things. You know, Tiger just won the Masters, and he had one level fused. I had nine levels fused. Mm. I was not, wor I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything, and you sit there on the drugs, and 
really, you really assess your life. And so I realized my purpose had to be upped a little bit because I was losing my passion. That's why when I went through this analysis and I came up with the velocity, it brought the spark back into my, into my life. And that's really what I've been about all these years, you know, helping people do things easier so they can gain velocity in all aspects of their life. So give me an example of some of the velocity you're able to get back quickly or if somebody's out there that's, that's hurting, you know, doesn't have a lot of velocity, they're flat. Right. And they want to get, they're you know, either depressed or they're... they're sure. Well, we all get depressed once in a while. So the first thing you have to do is obviously visualize what you want, but sometimes it's tough to do that when you're in the middle of that state. So one of the things I would say is surround yourself with good people. People that are not necessarily just going to give you pity the whole time, people that will give you enough pity, but people that are going to have, help you look at what the real deal is and, and give you the support to get there. You, you know, we can't be successful on our own. You know, we have, our success is really independent of each person. We help each other. So if you're trying to do it alone, now the problem is when you get down, you tend to isolate yourself. Right, and withdraw. You're in a bubble. Yeah. So the number one thing I would say is, and I learned this from a mentor many years ago, the number one thing is always stay in contact with somebody. So force yourself to make that phone call. Make it to the right person and be, tell them what you're looking for. They don't have to necessarily solve the problems, but it could be that they're helping you guide you in the conversation or not letting you become the victim of your own pity. A lot of people have, are afraid to ask for help. They're yes. willing to give help, but you don't want to ask for help. Right. And, you know, the funny thing about that, Brandon, is we don't do that because we're afraid it's going to show our weakness. But, in fact, it really shows our strength. It makes us more human to people. So when I go on your site, like, what's, give, me, give me a couple of things that's going to be a little bit different for somebody when you, when you go onto the site that they'll be able to find. Well, the first thing they're going to find is they're going to find a two-and-a-half-minute video that we did on Velocity. It's going to share some concepts with them. But then there's a lot of articles and, and, and uh, videos that they can find. And we have other services. We do a chief revenue officer mastermind group, and uh, they'll see testimonials. But the whole thing is geared towards them. What are they facing on a daily basis, and how can they take that mindset and use it to help them grow? So are you, are you starting to have fun again? And what's, oh, yeah. what's that transition point look like as far as what are you, what are you feeling out there? Because it's, it seems like... Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it just seems like there's a lot of tension there is. now in the world, more than ever before. Um, it, the unemployment's low. It seems like business is vibrant, but it seems like people are more tense yeah, and, 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 and nervous. And I, so I don't care what I'll, what side of the aisle you're on. This is not about any one particular side. I think both sides are at fault. But I just think the generic uh, atmosphere in the world, you know, we become so polarized that it's adding a lot to the tension. We gotta find a way to get back together and work together. So when you speak, uh, when you go to someone's company and speak, uh, uh, give me a couple of the, so I know we, we used to always talk about sales tips right. and, and things like that. What are some of your best sales tips these days when you talk about someone who's young and just getting into the sales booth? Well, the number one thing when you're young, you're sitting there saying, well, I don't have any credibility. Well, you do have credibility because you were given the opportunity to go sell. So first of all, get it out of your mindset. And Stop making excuses. Well, it's not just excuses. Yeah, you know, maybe you're young and new on the job. Yeah, but it goes beyond excuses. It's they, they feel inferior. And the way that you can negate that in your mind is start thinking about the outcomes that you can help people. We teach people to sell on the outcomes, the results that they're after, and not on the features. And if you're about the outcomes, then ask questions about the outcomes. Once you're asking them questions, they're going to tell you what they need, and it becomes easier, and they're going to think that you belong there. I love that. Give me an example of that, though. Let's go through that for a well, minute, just because that's that's like, so important. I can't believe many people 
almost you can see when they're coming in, they're young and they're pitching us on something. I almost feel like they're, they're so doubting themselves. They, I lose confidence and want to buy from them. Right, and it's not just even young people. It's people yeah. who have been doing So let me share an example with you. I, I'm not going to mention the name of the organization, but it was a financial services company. And they brought me in because they knew the numbers. They, they knew that it took, on average, throughout all their reps, financial advisors, took five calls to get a new investor on board. And they wanted to reduce that sales cycle. So I went and a lot of them would cold call because their market was retirees. So I'd go to Chicago and St. Louis and watch them cold call. And they would do what I call as build a social relationship. You know, so they come in and say, oh, these are pictures of your children. Tell me about that. And are these the uh, uh, game, the Chicago Bears? Oh, they had a bad game. It would take 12 minutes to get through that. And the Midwesterners, so they were polite, but I can see in their eyes, like, what are you doing here? And they would get nowhere because they'd be commoditized and saying, I already have a stockbroker. So I pulled them aside in between the calls. I say, look, just ask one different question. You go in there, keep the chit-chat down to two minutes, and just say, look, I know you got a stockbroker. It's not the reason I'm here. I just want to ask you one important question. They'll say, okay, what is it? When it comes to your future, what are the three things you want your money to provide for you? And then all of a sudden, they got into different conversations, and they started building trust. Now, and when I started teaching that since around 2000, every time we do the role play, you see people's eyes go up. As a matter of fact, let's do it here. You can face the audience and we'll see. Now, just be yes. you, okay? So if I come into you and, you know, as part of Steiner Sports and you're the CEO, I say, Brandon, what are the three things you want Steiner Sports to be known for? Well, trust, authentication, and the fact that we deliver. Right. Now your eyes just moved, okay? They went down. Some Talking people go up. Talking about me. Yeah. How are you way. feeling? Yeah. Feeling good. Now, I'm going to explain the hormones and how they work, okay, in the brain. We know neuroscience now actually supports what we're doing. So there's three particular hormones, cortisol, oxytocin, and dopamine. Let's start with cortisol. Everybody knows what cortisol is, is a fight-or-flight hormone. We have it. You're not getting rid of it. The question is how do you manage it? And how do you create an environment for someone to want to talk to you? In my last book, Lead, Sell, Get Out of the Way, we're saying if you're not acting as a leader but as a salesperson, you won't sell. So what this means is if you take responsibility as a leader and it's your opportunity to create the environment, here's how it goes. So on a continuum of 0 to 10, 1 to 5 is the engagement area of cortisol. 6 to 10 is disengagement. It's when you're getting stressed. 1 is very little engagement. 4 and 5 is really engaged. 6, start getting out of whack. You stop listening a little bit. 10, you've checked out. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. I'm at a 4 or 5. So... You're at a four or five right now. But, mm-hmm. but let's go to the um, first way that most people do, okay? They're coming into you and they're trying to sell their services to you. Asking about my kids, asking about where yeah. I went to college. So here we go. Ready? Yeah. So, Brandon, uh, tell me about your business, please. Uh, well, sports marketing company. We market athletes with companies. We also have collectible division where we get all these products we create around some of the biggest names in sports. And, and how many people you got working for you? Uh, about 65. Right. And, uh, and you've been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah, this is our 30th year in business well, that's, in Steiner Sports. That's pretty good. Yeah. And who are your main markets? Well, I mean, obviously we're well known in New York, more, more East Coast. Okay, than we West can Coast. stop. On that scale of cortisol at this point, one, low engagement, five, four and five, really engaged, six, starting to get unengaged and getting stressed out up to 10. Where are you right now? I'm probably at a nine. At a nine. nine. Why? Yeah. I mean, it's just some the questions are boring and right. I don't see where this is going. Because most people ask status-based questions. Yeah. And, and my, your job is not to educate me. Now we're going to do it differently, okay? Brandon, um, I understand you've been, you owned your company for a long time. As you, you look into the future, what are the three things you want Steiner Sports to be known for going forward? 
I want us to be known for our, you know, if the sign or seal means it's real. I want to know that we deliver and that, you know, we're going to be here for a long time, that people can count on us. On a cortisol scale, where are you? That's a solid, you know, five. Five. Six. Now think about this. So cortisol, so I created an environment for you to want to participate with me, right? And it's about where you're going, about the outcomes, not about what you're doing or how I can help you. Second thing is the second hormone, oxytocin, is the hormone of trust. You would not have given me that information if you didn't start trusting me. Is that a fair statement? Yes. And dopamine rides of oxytocin, so you're starting to feel good a little bit about this, right? So I feel like you have a genuine interest of where I'm going. You and know, you're willing to keep the conversation not going. Really, not, not looking for a history lesson. Right, and you're willing to keep the conversation yeah. going, right? Yeah. All right, so when we go back to that financial services, when they start asking you three things about where the, month, the money to produce, they started getting the conversations they didn't have before. So one time I'm in the headquarters with the senior partners, and they said, hey, look, you know, we got a class in of average uh, time in the field, four to seven years. Can you do one hour for them? It was at the end of the day. I said, sure. Went downstairs at the hour. We're both staying at the same hotel that night. I get a call at 11 o'clock at night, and the rep says, excuse me for waking you up, but I got to share this with you. I said, okay. I did what you told us to do. I said, all right, I had two widows, both had $100,000, one I couldn't get for six months, one I'm dealing for two months, I couldn't get them to move. I called them up, and I said, I apologize, and I said, for what? I've been remiss. All I'm talking to you about is stocks and bonds. I never asked you the most important question I should have asked you, and they said, what is that? When it comes to your future, what are the three things you want your money to provide for you? He got into a different conversation with people that night on the phone. One committed their funds that night, and the other one gave him another appointment. That's how significant it is, and that's how you can gain velocity, but more importantly, gain velocity for your clients. It's critical. That's a game-changer move. It's a game-changer. Which most people don't do. Right. Let alone actually listening to the answers would be probably probably 1A. Well, we I don't even listen. I, made, I can't believe how many times I'll go somewhere and actually tell somebody what I want. Right. And then they, they don't even want to deliver that. No, and, and that's why I don't believe in scripts either. <clears throat> you know, people want to have scripts for salespeople. The reason I, I don't believe in scripts is one reason. They're more worried about getting the lines out than listening. The next question should be in return to what someone just said to you. If you're going to the next thing on your script, you're showing you're not listening. Now, I do believe there are agendas. I agree, too. I mean, I think it's just, you know, if you're going to sell, you, you, your first agenda always should be to, to serve and to solve. Right. And, you know, this and, you, and you got right to it on one of them, which is, you know, what's, what's, right. what's your future? What's, right. what's important to you going forward? Maybe I can help you solve or I help you enhance that. Right. And, and when people want to build relationships today in business, that's the relationship you need to build. People don't need new friends. They got friends elsewhere. Maybe you'll become friends with your client, but it's not the reason you're there. Now, this also works for management. Okay, tell I, me how. I'm a retainer with some clients, and then this one company, um, uh, the uh, line manager came in as a manufacturer, and he's like cursing, and he's like all over the place. I said, what's wrong? Ah, this guy's on a cell phone. I said, what'd you do? I told him to get off the cell phone. What was his answer? Everybody else is on the cell phone. And what happened? We're behind this job 20 minutes. So I role-played it with him. I said, you become that guy. And I had the same conversation with him. I said, where's your cortisol? He goes, ah, 9, 10, I'm not even listening to you. Okay, let me change it for you. Hey, um, you know, you, I know in your file that you want to become a master welder, right? He goes, yeah. And you know, there's two things you need. One is the quality and one is to be on time. You're definitely great on quality. In this particular project, we're 20 minutes behind. How do we get you back on time so you stay on the track? And all of a sudden, it was a different conversation. You got something that's interesting. Yeah. Right? So he went out and did the conversation. 
And I said, how'd it go? He was, oh my God, he was giving me ideas and the next thing I know he's working, he's getting back on track. Did you ever mention a cell phone? He goes, no. Because it was about where they were trying to go. And how can you help them get there? Right on the money. Right. I think that happens a lot of times in sports where the coach is like, you know, you got to rebound more. You got to do this. You got to do that. I say, listen, you think, you know, if you're going to play in the NBA one day, what, what, what do you think you're going to have to do? Right. And you're a power forward. And that's the problem that we have today. So let, me, let me help you show you how to rebound better because if you want to play in the pros one day, you're going to have to rebound better. Right. But it's also how they say it. You know, you, yeah, that's true, too. You look yeah. at the Yankees, right? You know, Joe Girardi was a great manager, but he wasn't rehired. And they put Boone in because there's a question, how do you relate to them? And, and, and the disciplinarian approach that they did 30 years ago, do it my way or no way, is not working today. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't have the right advice. It's just how is it communicated, and are they communicating in a way that the person wants to participate? That's what's changed in the world today. And you gotta you gotta set the table. I think you know you yes. gotta have a relationship with somebody in order to go give them feedback right. or discipline. Them. They have but to trust you. Somebody trusts you, and they know you care. And I'm telling you because it's for your well being. Because I know you want to play in the NBA one day, so I'm giving you this feedback so you can, it's going to give you a better chance to win. Now we have a good friend, mutual friend, David Horsager, who yeah. makes a living on trust. On trust, right? Love Dave. Yeah, that's a must book, by the way. Yeah, the tr read, trusted right? edge, and he's a great guy. But think about it, though. Tr trust doesn't come because you want it. It comes in relation to what you do. Think about this. I will say to my clients, if you want to change a relationship or change a conversation, it doesn't take two. It only takes one. So if you're tired of getting into an argument and it's the same argument with somebody, every action creates a reaction. If you want to change the reaction, change your action. It doesn't take two. So if you change the action... All of a sudden, it'll start developing trust. If you start showing that you're there for them and not calling up. I, I had a client yesterday, one of my retainers, and saying, yeah, I keep calling up for the order, but you know, they're not taking my calls. That's because it's all about you when you're getting the order. Why don't you find out and forget about asking for the order. Find out what they're working on right now in relation to the order and how could you help them. Exactly. I think, the, you know, I see you. I, I, say, I, I always think about if I'm going to really sell somebody, do I see them? Right. And... I'm here for you. Right. Not here to sell you. Not here to con you. Not here to get something from you. I'm here for you. Exactly. It's a very powerful line. Right. And when you think about your business, you know, you're not here to sell memorabilia. That's the, that's the how. What you're really selling is outcomes. You may sell an experience that someone wants to have. You may sell a feeling they want to give to somebody to give it as a gift. Feel, yeah. Right. And so when you find out what that feeling is and that experience, then, and here's the key. Psychologically, for influence, if you present too fast, and that's what my blog was on this week. I mean, think about this. I was on a plane. Where, what's the name of the blog, by the way? Uh, it's at velocitymindset.com. Okay, cool. If you go, if you, I was on a plane the other day coming back from Atlanta, Sunday night, rough trip because of all the storms. I'm sitting next to the guy in the first row. I said, hey, can you open the window, please? He goes, sure. And I said, man, those are dark clouds. And I started to educate him on the clouds for my 20 years of flying. An hour later, I asked him, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a retired pilot. I worked for 40 years flying commercial for Air Canada. Now I ferry uh, refurbished planes all over the world. And I laugh. He goes, what's wrong? I said, here I'm lecturing you on clouds when you know more than I do. <laughs> now, if I understood that first and then started talking about it, he would have heard it more. You and see? he probably could have helped you become more educated. Exactly. But we don't ask those questions because we're so self-focused. And so the point is, if I go straight to the solution with you, Without context, it's not listening. 
But if I find out the experience that they want to have, the feeling they want to have, and then I present something, I'm presenting it in relation to that feeling and experience, now it's landing with impact. I love that. That's brilliant. Now, you're working on a new book? Yes, we're we're creating the book on Velocity Mindset. And, uh, books are a labor of love, aren't they? Oh, God. It's like giving. Uh, no, look, I say this to women out there say, yeah. well, How do you really know that? I'll just say I've been told by a woman, okay? Yes. But it's like giving birth to a child. It's and the main work does, is not in writing it. Probably not in the pain, but in the commitment. Right, level. exactly. But the main work is not in writing it, it's supporting it after it comes out, as you well know. Getting the word out there. Yeah. It's just, you know, especially so crowded out there. Yeah. Everybody's got a book. But again, is we tap into what people are doing. When you think about the elections in the past, you know, why did Clinton win over first Bush? It wasn't because he was a better politician. I think Bush was better. But he tapped in and he says, I feel your pain. Bush wasn't doing that. There wasn't that connection, right? And you can go to any election from the Republicans, Democrats. An emotional yeah. connection. What are you finding, you know, and you're speaking around the country, what, what are you finding out there? What's going on out there? Um, business-wise, and, and how do you feel about youth in this country? How do you feel about the young ones? Is it changing, same? No, I think it's changed. Um, I think uh, youth today have more of a, um, a uh, entitlement. I think also that they're more socially conscious, which is great, the yeah. environment. Yeah. But at the same token, they're putting business second. And I don't think you can do that because business creates the opportunities for everybody out there. So I think it's kind of a, it goes from one extreme to the other, and eventually it'll come back to where it is. But I think with youth or the millennials, if you're looking to bring them in, you know, they communicate different than the baby boomers. There's no question. I, I like the uh, Generation Z. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of focus there as far as um, the better work ethic, you know, best work ethic I've seen in a long time. And, you know, some, they want to make it better. Yeah, they're, genuinely they want to do it. Right, yeah. And if they're in a position or company that doesn't speak to that or it's stressing them out, they won't stay there much longer. There's a high level of entrepreneurism out there. I'm hoping we can adapt and let these kids breathe because we need it. You know, we need entrepreneurism in this country. I feel like it's on a downward slope uh, unless you got the big, big idea that, you know, the next Amazon. Like, there's a, listen, you open up a little corner store on Main Street, it's cool. You know, you can make a living or you come up with a new little gadget. Those those Amazon start with a little small little website. But you know what the hard part is, and I and I, I check myself in every day when I hire a new employee. I just hired a VP of business development. She's in her forties. She's great. But you know, the way I did things is not necessarily the way she'll do it. And we got to get out of our way. We got to align ourselves on the goals and the outcomes. And then people may get there differently than you did. Don't micromanage how they're going to get there. Just make sure the values are the same and the outcomes are the same, and let them do what they got to do. Now, are you talking a little bit about that in leadership in, in, in your speaking? Yes. Because that's probably critical. Yes. Because the problem is we've been so dominant for so exactly. long as baby boomers that we only see one way as a one-lane highway. Exactly. But it's not even just baby Like, boomers. I would never get off the highway and go on 18 side streets, <laughs> even with ways. Right. Like, that's just, I'm, not, I'm just not doing that. Sometimes. But, but I, at the end, when I do do that, it's my kids like, just make the right, make the left, make the right. And I love ways. save 10 minutes. And I love ways. And sometimes I find myself telling them to go somewhere and say, you don't know what you're talking about. And I go my way, told, I'm stuck in traffic. You're telling ways that doesn't yeah. know what's And I mean. ways is laughing at me saying, ha-ha, buddy. But it's kind of, that, it's kind of true that way with a lot of life like there's exactly. a lot better ways to do things but you do get stuck in your in your habits now you're, you're a top performer okay and what i find in people like you and other people out there i have you know people like you know um all your top personalities i've had the chance to inf- interview them they don't really care about what they know they care about what they don't know 
And so what they do when they go into these conversations, they check their knowledge at the door and they're listening from your mindset so they can see if they can get something. I've learned, this is my, this is my, this is my university. Right. I cannot believe what I've gotten away learning the last six or seven years. It's, it's, it's criminal. Exactly. But we have to live that in our lives too. Yeah. What can we get from this person, whether they're 20 years younger than me, even my age, they probably have an idea or a perspective I don't even have. So open your eyes to it. Number one, they'll, they'll feel heard. But number two, they may have a better idea than you had. Yeah, Harvey McKay is my favorite Harvey McKay yep. line. The world is a classroom and everyone's a teacher. Absolutely. Which is true, really. I mean, when you really break it down, you know, you got the sanitation, man, the post office. Per- you can learn from all of them. It's amazing what they see. I mean, you know, it's, it gets my attention. It's, it's amazing what you can learn if you want to. You know, being a professional speaker like you, and we've heard a lot of speakers, I'll hear sometimes someone saying, what'd you get out of it? And said, oh, he wasn't that great. Or she wasn't that great. I said, what'd you get out of it? Nothing. And I'm going, what's wrong with you? I mean, I can go in and get something out of any speech. You want to know why? Because I'm not critiquing the person. I'm letting myself go in my own world and what I'm dealing with. And are they, are they toggling my mind to think a little differently? And that's the key. You should be able to get something out of any speech. Now, if they're not good, it might even be getting out what you shouldn't do. But you got it important. Exactly. Who's your favorite out there now? Do you have like a couple of favorites out there that, that you've been taking some even online? Like, I mean, I'm I'm loving Gary V's post today. Yeah. Who's talking about you know if you, sometimes you got to fire your best earner, you got to fire your most important person. I think cancers. one of my top favorite speakers is uh, Mark Sharonbrock out of Minnesota. He, what's he like? Yeah, he talks about the bike, and he's a motivational speaker. He started with um, with schools, and now he's doing it all over the world with uh, you know big corporations. And it's just his style on stage. He's got it nailed. He's got you engaged. He's got every emotion going. And you're walking away going, oh, my God. And you remember that one thing, the bike, you know. Um, we had Ross Schaefer this weekend at an NSA meeting in Atlanta. He's a former um, uh, talk show host, Emmy Award winner, sports guy, too. And um, just the way he relates his experiences to the world and gets real, you know, he has you. And then we had Chad Hymas. Now, Chad is a, uh, was a phenomenal entrepreneur, still is, owned a farm in uh, Utah, had an accident, and he became a paraplegic. Now, you would think that that would knock people down, right? All right? Not Chad. He speaks 260 days a year in a wheelchair. He's making multi-millions of dollars, and he travels by himself. He, he, you know, his wife stays home. He goes, does his thing, comes home. And when you look at that, you're saying, why am I being held back by my limited belief system when this guy's got more, more physically? And I remember calling Chad up when I had my operations because we were friends, and you know, I rely on him because we have to rely on people. So he spoke this weekend, and I was just amazed at how he talks about the content but how he can just tap into anybody's soul, and it was just so powerful. And you know what the funny thing is? What is He never talked about the accident. Ever? No. All he related to was how, you know, I'm in this chair, you know, I can't do this, so how do I relate to my daughter? And he goes and he talks about the, the applications of how he has a relationship with his children, what he does, and how it's so impactful, and he tells you the good and the bad. Wow. Give me the, give me the summation of velocity mindset. Give me your elevator, you know, velocity mindset for somebody out there that's maybe thinking, maybe it's time to change the way you're thinking. Give me... Give me all right, so the velocity mindset is how can you do more in less time, period. Now, a lot of it has to do by the conversation we're having, but a lot of it has to do with what you're thinking. Are your thoughts limiting you, you, yourself in going forward? Are they changing the way you operate in front of people? And then when you're in front of people, are you self-focused or customer-focused? 
If you're self-focused, you won't have velocity because it's all about you. If you're customer-focused, they'll start giving information that'll make you more powerful so that you can present in context and close the deal. Huge. It's Ron Carr, everybody.